Well, good morning, Ted and Carol. Good morning. Good morning. Yes, we're still in the morning. Um, thank you for joining me here. We now have a new name for this studio, by the way, for Trinity Talks. It's Studio T. Yes, you may see that we have a sign on our window. We're starting oh, yes. to brand ourselves. So welcome to Studio T. Thank you. This so, is incredible. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. So you've both been a part of Trinity for a couple years now, right? Quite yeah. some time. T ten. Ten, ten years. Ten years. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Actually, I think we may have started around the same time then. We figured that out this morning. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Better late than never. Um, so I was wondering if you'd like to take the next half hour with me to talk a little bit about your experience here at Trinity um, and maybe some of the different ways that you've been involved. I know that you've both um, been involved in Trinity in mm -hmm. several different ways. And one of those ways is actually in a life group. So maybe we could also talk a little bit about your experience in a life group right. here. That'd be great. And then if we have time, maybe maybe even go through some of the uh, sermon questions that Rob has put out to talk about the sermon. <laughs> we'll try our best. We'll get right through those. Um, but first, you've mentioned that you were married, or could you tell us how long you have been married for? 52 years. 52 years. So is that 52 years this year, or are you going to be 53 this year? 53 in June. All right. Yeah. So you've spent some time together. Yeah. So could you tell us maybe a little bit something special about your marriage and maybe something that has been important to you as you've grown together as a couple? I'd say the first thing is that Ted became a Christian when he was 35. Because of you. Well, uh, and I think uh, that has that made a difference in our, our the way we grew together. And I think the other thing that I would say is really important is we were friends before we were lovers. Mm -hmm. So uh, our, our friendship was the basis of our marriage. That's beautiful. Yeah, it still is. We're um, retired now. And uh, I think we've always deferred to each other. Um, and, uh, you know, we, uh, we, we, we don't, uh, we have disagreements, but we do not quarrel. Um, and we always give way to the other and never go to bed angry. Yeah. So would that be some advice that you would have to give for I would, anyone I would else recommend out there? that to anyone, yes. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. Well, well done and congratulations. But I've got a few more fun questions to ask about your marriage then. So I, you've obviously lived together for quite some time. So I was wondering, you said you never quarrel. I'm going to ask you some questions to see <laughs> if you agree on these questions. Who between the two of you would you say is the better cook? me oh definitely it, I, okay, I, so I second not. that that's an easy one <laughs> <laughs> all right okay what about better driver i think i'm the better driver and if i'm in the car i drive okay all right and do you agree carol yes all right what about better listener i think that's me again yeah, I think Carol is probably the better listener because I do a lot more talking than she does. <laughs> so, she, so she better be the better listener. Now, last one. Who's the loudest snorer? Do we snore? Do we snore? <laughs> yeah, we do snore. Um, probably me. Yeah. Uh, but right. I don't know because I, I never think so I snore. So not loud enough to wake anyone up? No. Okay. Well, then that's great. All right. So how long have you been at Trinity for? I'm wondering. 10 years now. So we figured it out this morning. 10 years. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Were you at another church previously? Yep. Oh, yeah. All right. So what brought you to this church? Uh, a church fracturing dispute brought us mm -hmm. to Trinity. Yeah. Um, we were, as Ted says, we were refugees when we got here. Yeah, I, I was in senior um, leadership at this church 
Um, there was an issue uh, amongst the leadership. I tried for a year to be the go-between to reconcile people, um, and it uh, it didn't work. Um, it fractured, ended up in litigation, and we just said we have to leave. So we did. And so you found Trinity Church. Yeah, we knew uh, friends at the church, and uh, we also knew Mark because we had gone to uh, Israel on a trip in 2012, in which he was one of the leaders. So and we, Mark was the pastor at the he time. He was the pastor, yeah. and we came just to try this out. It's a long way from where we live. Um, we walked in, and we thought this is the place for us. Yes. And you never went back. So that would have been, what, 2013? 2013, yeah. So that's the same yeah. year that I joined the church. Now, here um, in the life of the church, um, you have found different ministries to get involved in mm -hmm. over the years. I know that. I've seen you out there volunteering or participating. Could you each maybe just take a turn telling us as listeners what you have, maybe where you found, like, your calling or where you've even tried to help out in the ministries? Well, uh, we started off uh, involved in Alpha. I, we had been involved in Alpha at other churches, so that was a natural for us. Uh, from that, we got into a small group, uh, which we now call a life group right away. And that engagement has been a major uh, factor in our lives that we find very rewarding. Uh, we've also been involved in, uh, Carol is involved in uh, the prayer ministry. I've done, uh, I do the prayers um, of the people occasionally in church. Um, and we both were very active in the refugee program. Um, and I was a treasurer of the refugee group. And from that, I've ended up getting involved with all kinds of other refugee uh, situations not involved in by the church. Okay. Yeah. So uh, I've been in the kitchen for uh, every, I think every alpha, but maybe one since I came here, um, both preparing the meal and then cleaning up afterwards. Mm -hmm. And I've done, uh, I'm in the prayer ministry. I'm a Stephen minister now. I also serve communion. So keep busy. So you keep busy and you've probably met a lot of people in the church through yeah. those different. Yeah. And, and also, well. I forgot to say, I, I've been involved a little bit in the women's ministry. Mm -hmm. That's great. That's great. Um, so here at the church, you found yourself quite involved. And I'm wondering if you have any experiences to share with how you've grown in your faith um, since you've been at this church or maybe just over your Christian lives. I was thinking about this question, and uh, I think the thing about Trinity that really resonates with me is this is a church where Jesus is the focus. This is a New Testament church. It resonates with me. Um, contemporary music is something that I uh, enjoy and believe strongly in. Um, and uh, I have grown through uh, the sermons. Sermons are very important here at Trinity, and particularly Rob's sermons. I, I, I get something out of each one of them. I, 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 I learn something new every time I hear one of his sermons. And we expand on that in the small group. So through that, um, you know, your faith is like a snowball. It grows slowly over time. And it's it, 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 you can't identify necessarily uh, what uh, uh, how it's growing, but it's growing. You know it's growing. And uh, so I found that to be very uh, rewarding, uh, both the sermons and the, and the uh, life group participation. 
Excellent. And actually, that's a first of all, I like the snowball analogy. That's a beautiful analogy of how faith can grow slowly over time. But it's also a great segue into my next question, which <laughs> is about life groups. Um, you mentioned you're in a life group. And I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about what that looks like. In fact, just for everyone who's listening, we were talking a little bit before this show started that all the life groups look a little bit different in terms of how they're structured, what they talk about, maybe even what their focus is on. Um, um, despite all of them having the foundation of LIFE, which is learning, insight, fellowship, and encouragement. So maybe you want to just take some turns telling us uh, as listeners what your life group looks like. Our life group is uh, quite diverse and it's grown. Uh, there is a core group of about eight, but the, the last meeting we had 14 people. Wow. That's really the outer limit of being able to have um, uh, an in-depth conversation because if you got more than that nobody I mean everyone doesn't get a chance to say what they actually think mm-hmm. uh, and we don't uh, we don't tackle the questions one by one we sometimes um, the leaders make up their own mm-hmm. and sometimes people just sort of li- sit and listen while others li- answer the questions <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. We learn learn through listening. I think, uh, in our, our, again, as Carol says, uh, our group is quite diverse. We've had many people come and go. This group was originally started by Tammy Nanku um, after Alpha about 10 years ago. And, um, uh, and, and I have been um, tasked with being the leader uh, for many years um, to uh, organize conversations and try to have some in-depth uh, comments and so on. Bill Scullin has joined our group uh, over the last three years, and he and I now share this. It's not something that I necessarily uh, insist on doing. I'm quite happy to let other people do it, but they seem to be happy to let Bill and I do the heavy lifting in preparing the group. So we take the questions that uh, Rob puts out for us. We use some of them. Many of them we ignore. Sometimes we disagree with the way he uh, uh, deals with an issue. Um, And uh, everybody in our group, people are all at different levels of their faith journey. Um, And we're ethnically diverse, which is a good thing. Uh, And we're diverse in age as well. Uh, I think I'm the oldest person there. Yeah, Um, Carol agrees. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Um, I'm only a year younger. (laughs) So, um, you know, that's that's how it goes. And so uh, Alan and Kathy Graham uh, host us. We've been in different homes over the years, but for the last many years, they have been the host. They are such gracious hosts. Uh, Everything is informal. It's friendly. uh, It's not intimidating for anyone who wishes to join. Everything is confidential. Uh, whatever you share, uh, we have a, a very ex- we have a, a wonderful prayer time together at the end where we all share the issues on our hearts. And uh, I think every time I leave, and I think for most of the people, we feel uplifted. Mm. And I frequently find I have learned something new and uh, something that has, the Holy Spirit has worked on us in, in the time we've had together. So it's just a wonderful experience. And if you've never done it, you really should... Uh, get involved with a life group. It is it is a wonderful supplement to our time together here uh, in the sanctuary on Sundays. That's beautifully said, beautifully said. Um, so 
as you mentioned, you sometimes work through some of the sermon questions that are put out there. You do look at them critically and discern which would be appropriate for your group to work through. And sometimes you make up your own. So I do have a copy of some of the sermon questions that were put out from this somewhat, I think, challenging sermon that we heard today yes. on the Sabbath. <laughs> it was challenging. It was challenging. But <laughs> anyway, the sermon series has been called Playing With Fire, where Jesus challenged some of the important symbols or traditions of the day and reframed them in a new way. And today's focus was on the Sabbath. So Jesus claimed himself to be Lord over the Sabbath. And um, he actually said the son of man is Lord over the Sabbath. And I'm wondering if you want to talk a little bit about, this is the question here, what this statement means in the context of Jesus being the embodiment of Sabbath rest. So out of the sermon, this is the most challenging thing that I took from the sermon. It, I was anticipating some of the other things that Rob said, but I did not anticipate this uh, take on uh, Jesus being the Lord of the Sabbath. So if I understand his thesis, and I'll have to work on this a bit more because I have to lead this group on Tuesday. No better time than now. <laughs> right. So I, I think what he's trying to say to us is in Jewish theology, there was the concept of the, of the Sabbath every seven days. There was a concept of the Sabbath year every seven years. And then there was a concept of the Jubilee year after every 49 years. And that was all looking forward to an end of time uh, idea. And, uh, and Jesus says, the time is nigh, the time is here. I have fulfilled this aspiration. So because Jesus is saying this about himself, he is saying he is Lord of the Sabbath, the Sabbath being a yearning for an, a time in which uh, there will be a reconciliation, there will be a revelation, uh, and everything will come together. And so Jesus is saying, it's happening now with me. I wonder if uh, it was also a jubilee year that year. It, yes. Or a it, Sabbath year. It, yes. Yeah. I mean, these we large crowds of people are following yeah. Jesus around, so they weren't working. So maybe it was a Sabbath year. That would actually be something great to look into. Yeah, who knows? Look into when that next Jubilee year was happening or if it was happening at that point. That's a great question, Carol. Um, now I would like to just discuss um, the shift of the Sabbath being just about the cessation of work. And we know Jesus did some work on the Sabbath um, to being more about the resurrection of life. So how does this perspective influence our understanding of the purpose of rest and the connection to acts of justice and compassion and generosity. So that's a big question. Um, I'll start. That's yours. You like. um, <laughs> I think every everyone's body needs rest, physical rest. So a Sabbath day uh, is is a good idea. Uh, I think what Jesus was saying perhaps is. Uh, as Rob said, we can have rest in Jesus every day, uh, and we we need to be doing good whenever we can, whether it's on a Sabbath or uh, a regular day. And I, as retired people, perhaps we have a better chance to do that because we don't have to go to work. <laughs> you know, uh, but it's it's important. Uh, this, this is this was a new idea to me. Mm -hmm. I hadn't thought of it as being resurrection life. Um, I th I think it's going to require 
mindfulness to sort of look for ways to do good and to rest simultaneously. It is a challenge. Yeah. Yeah, so I have, uh, you may notice in my prayers, uh, when I had the chance to do prayers of the people in, in church, um, I often emphasize, because I think of this myself, that each of us has kingdom work to do. And we may not recognize it as kingdom work in our lives as we go about our daily lives, whether we're working uh, to earn money or whether we're retired. Uh, but kingdom work is there uh, and it can be giving encouragement to someone. It can be helping somebody in some way that uh, uh, needs to be done. It can be sharing your faith with somebody. It can be all kinds of things and people or maybe it's just showing up. We all do these things and uh, to feel that this is what you're being called to do by the Holy Spirit and being aware of those things at the time is something that we all need to work on. And so Jesus' major thing with uh, the healing on the Sabbath is that it is, it is lawful, it is appropriate uh, to do acts of mercy mm. on the Sabbath, which is what he was doing. Um, if you take Sabbath time, you have the opportunity to get rid of all the chattering monkeys in your head and all the stuff that comes at us, we have such a toxic life that we live with all of these things happening to us. If you are still, then you will hear God's word coming to you. Uh, you will get an inkling to do something that is uh, uh, kingdom work. Well, kingdom, kingdom work. work, it's doing good in some way for other people. And each of us does these things without realizing what we're doing. But you must be in tune with the Holy Spirit in order to respond to these things. Opportunities come to you to do an act of mercy, calling a person who's suffering, uh, uh, helping somebody with, with anything that is troubling them in their lives. All of these things uh, are kingdom work uh, matters. And uh, if we are totally wrapped up in ourselves, our cell phones, uh, our, our texting, our messages, mm -hmm. our TV, our, our whatever the distractions are in our lives, uh, it's hard to do this. We live very complex lives. If we were living simple lives in a small African village uh, with very basic things to do, we would be more open to spiritual calling. Mm. And so this is what I see as being Sabbath in our day-to-day -day life. And Rob talked about Sabbath not necessarily being a day, but a time and the use of your time. And that that uh, that resonated with me. That's great. That's great. And actually something that I think we can just, as we go forward in the week, really think about. And it does take some intentionality yes. and it takes some um, prayerful meditation even just yes. to really discern those moments. That's right. Yeah. yeah, it does. But I think that this, if anyone missed the sermon, it's a great one to go back to, um, as well. If you are interested in looking at the sermon questions, you can find them online. Um, I don't really have any more questions for you today about that, but I would love to be a fly on the wall in your life group one time and just <laughs> listen to the conversations <laughs> that you're having, because I'm sure they're, I'm sure they're even more in depth than this, but that was uh i would love to um just get the insight and that's one of the great things i have about this job is getting insight from people like yourselves as we go through these questions together thank you i think of rob's sermon series 
the toughest ones for me were the first one about the land and then uh -huh. this one uh, about uh, Sabbath. His interpretation of the Sabbath issue uh, is a really insightful one uh, that uh, we need to spend some time thinking about. Thank you. Yeah, that's right. And just as a recap, we talked about the land. We talked about the law. Right. Do you remember what the third one was? Uh, it was, was... Was that family? That was, was family. family. Yes, that's right. it was family. That was a tough one as well. I right? actually asked you because I was trying to remember myself. <laughs> it was family. <laughs> yeah. And, and then last week it was the temple. That's right. And that one was relatively easy to grasp. Mm -hmm. And then today, Sabbath, I thought it was easy to grasp. But Rob has given us some interesting uh, thoughts, uh, which I had no idea um, uh, would be um, the basis of, of Jesus saying that he is the Lord of the Sabbath. So we'll work on this and we'll have an interesting discussion next Tuesday. That's great. Yeah. Well, I just want to take the moment now to thank you for joining me thank and taking the time out us. of your coffee hour to come and sit with me here at uh, Trinity Talks. And maybe I'll have you again on sometime again. 